later on today's episode. They say 30% of women who have PMDD attempt suicide. And they say one in six women have PMDD and don't know it. Like, so many of us chop it up to, oh, they're just on their period. Oh, they're about Mm -hmm. to start their period. Mm -hmm. You just kind of use that as a blanket versus actually dealing with what's going on. And this is like some real shit. Like, when I saw that statistic, it really broke my heart. Like, I couldn't believe that. And so, um, yeah, my relationship has changed over time. I'm doing much better about it. I'm trying to I'm trying to get to a point with my body to where I can even cherish it while it's on its cycle. Because, mm. you know, that's some biggest time where we like to just talk our shit like I want to get to a point where I'm like, oh, somebody's ready to try to make a baby. Not now. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> Cater her. Hello, this is Patrice. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast, we talk about everything from Black mental health and personal growth to Black world history. And my name is Shayla. Here you will find a balance between topics everyone is talking about and topics no one is talking about. Either way, we guarantee we will be bringing our distinct intellectual perspective. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Uh, We're back with another good one. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about love of body. You know, honestly, there's so much to unpack here and there's a lot to discuss. And um, this shout out to Patrice. This is Patrice's um, idea for us to do this because I don't know that we've really talked about our journeys um, with our body. Um, I don't think at all, pretty much. Mm on the podcast right and so it's obviously a really you know your body is a big part of you Uh, but then I think there's so much to unpack and unwrap there we will see how much we can fit into you know one episode but um let's just start off first question Patrice what is something you wish you knew about your body entering your 30s There is so much we just don't know about our bodies in general. Um, And I think I wish I knew the magnitude of that. I feel like, you know, when you are coming up, and I mean, maybe they tell you this because they don't want you to worry about the rest of your life. But when they explain, like, the cycle of your body from puberty to, you know, understanding what a menstrual cycle period is and all of that, and, you know, towards the end, there's something called menopause. There's a, like, that's a big jump, <laughs> you know? No one really talks about the in-betweens of that, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be through the reproductive years to the, you know, leading into the menopausal years, you know, things like stress, things like, you know, life changes that can impact, you know, your cycle relationships, you know, um, just there is no real discussion about that, you know, even abuse, how that impacts our bodies, you know, on more than just a physical or sexual level, even mental and emotional. There's so many different aspects to our existence and our everything from our menstrual cycle to our weight 
to our nutrition, to our mental health, like all of it is very sensitive in reality. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that when we were told, hey, this is what you're going to go through. We were given the full picture. I don't know if we would have understood all of this, but I feel like there definitely should have been a lot more that should have been provided. Because how you tell me about menopause, but you can't tell me about the other things, right, that come Mm -hmm. leading into this. Like, you could have told me more than that. That's fair. That's fair. So I guess, you know, go back to the actual question. You know, what do I wish I knew leading into my 30s? just how complex our bodies are and like your body's not ever really done. I don't even know if it's really developing is the right word. Cause you know, I'm, I'm fully developed. (laughs) 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 Ain't no question about that. (laughs) What kind of say? (laughs) She says so many things. I think she said cold peanut butter. Oh, yeah, she do. She do say Patrice is thicker than cold peanut butter. I'd be like, why the peanut butter got to be cold? She said, because have you ever tried to, have you ever tried to scoop cold peanut butter? She, she ridiculous. Cartier is my sister for those of you who may not have known or didn't hear our sister episodes that we've had for the last couple seasons. She wild. She's, she's something else. Oh, but, yeah. I love her so much. That shit. When she said that to me, that was the first time I heard peanut butter. Usually I get like oatmeal or anything <laughs> else. But she said, Cove. oh, I told my family. It was so it's funny. why the peanut butter got to be cold. <laughs> why is the peanut butter cold? <laughs> she really did. Um, but I uh, guess yeah, so a fully developed, like, I, you know, I don't know if that's really the term, but Things keep changing, okay? There is a continuous evolution in our bodies that continues to adapt to the world we live in, what we put in our bodies. Like, there is never a point where one formula of how you handle your body is going to be able to carry you through the rest of your life. Like, there will constantly be changes. And I wish I knew that going into my 30s, you know? Because I feel like this is the official adulthood, the official, like... I understand a lot more about adulthood. Mm. And this was the last shit I wanted to be having to have a conversation about because I thought we we ran we ran through this a long time ago. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. So yeah, that is what I wish I knew going into my thirties. Um, I don't know if my answer okay, there's one part of my answer that is limited to the thirties, but most of my answer is just in general. You know, I just don't think Um, I think there's a lot more knowledge that needs to be had about women's health, particularly when it comes to our cycle. Like one time I listened to, um, this podcast, um, Angie M. Jordan's podcast, happy ass fuck podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's an old podcast now, but sometimes honestly, I still go back and listen. Don't ask me what episode it was because she has a gazillion episodes. Okay. And I don't even think they split up into seasons, which if, if you check out any of Angie's stuff that speaks to her personality, but anyway, she had a specialist on there and this specialist was talking about, um, a woman's cycle. And she was like, there are certain days of this 28 day cycle that are really good for you to be creative. There are other days, but like, you're going to have low energy. You should not be, you know, forcing yourself to do anything strenuous on these days. You can still work out, but it shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be heavy. Right. Like she just broke down every day. Like she broke down every day 
of a cycle. And I was, and she was like, if you're having a hard time creating then, or you're having a hard time doing this or you're extra moody during that, like, you know, you're working against your natural cycle, um, by not doing it at the time that is best for you. Right. Mm Mm-hmm fascinating fascinating information and I was just like really blown away and I think was I when I started listening to her that was several years ago actually I might have been in my late 20s I don't know if I was I wasn't 30 yet yeah I don't think I was 30 yet when I started listening to the podcast but I was probably 29 but um it was just like mind-blowing to me because they to your point they don't teach you that like they definitely (laughs) don't teach you that Um, and so, um, I just think there's just a lack of knowledge out there about our bodies in general, both men and women. Um, but particularly women, because it it feels more complex to me. We feel more complex when it comes to our bodies. Um, I wish I, I, I am seeing more. So, okay. So in September, I began a cleaner life journey. So I've replaced um, laundry detergent, cleaning supplies. I got a new toothpaste uh, recently, like any hair care products, skincare products. Actually, we've come quite a way, well, quite a way in a short period of time, but um, I can't dump out my whole life. I'm working on it, right? Organic, this uh, meat directly from the farmers, you know, all the things. And so I do feel like there's more knowledge out there about this today than in previous years. But a lot of people uh, really don't know all the chemicals we take in on a day-to-day basis, just particularly women, because we wear makeup and we have hair care products and skincare products. We have more products than men, right? So we also have more opportunities to be introduced to chemicals and dyes that could definitely impact us hormonally or just impact us in general. Um, so th- that isn't specific to our thirties. That part of my answer is just every day in life. I just wish there was more accessible knowledge about both those things. Um, when it comes to my thirties and maybe, I don't know if everybody else has expected, it has experienced this. So I don't know if this is across the board thirties or just me, but I reached a new acceptance with my body that what had not been there previously. Like, I mean, and of course we all have things about our body. We wish it was, you know, tighter, longer, shorter, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the thing is, tighter, longer, shorter. I don't know. You know what I mean? Whatever the thing is you wish was a little different. Okay. (laughs) But in my thirties, it, it impacts me so much less. Like when I tell Mm. you, you going to get the body I got serving today, like this was you gonna get like no, a lot more grace, um, and a lot more like um, it is what it is. D- d- take me as I am, okay? D- just this, this with the thirty-four-year-old body given, <laughs> so that's what I'm serving, right? Very, mm-hmm. very much so for me. I don't know that that's everybody else's experience. Um, yeah, so that's what comes to mind to me when I think about the answer to that question. Mm. Anything you want to add on to that? I would echo the body acceptance is a big one. Um, I used to put so much pressure on myself to maintain my expectations because especially, you know, being an athlete, being able to do the things that I did, you know, I was very athletic in high school and middle school. Honestly, my whole life, I've always been active. I should say Mm. active just in general. 
you know, um, I come from a very active father and me and my sister, we were, we were very much sports people. Um, so when it came down to it and I stopped and I chose like sports medicine and things like that in the earlier on in my college career, you know, um, I still continue to play basketball. You know, I play in the parks or in the gyms later with grown ass men. You know, until they work with like a nurse and my hot head ass almost got me in trouble. So I continue to play. Um, so I stayed active for a very long time. Um, but, you know, the life cycle that I went through, you know, leaving the college world where you're incredibly active all the time and on the go, walking to classes, dorms, all that stuff, you know, active with friends, walking everywhere because no one has a fucking car. Um to nine to five world sitting at a desk all day mm. and you know you're responsible for your own meals that may or may not be always healthy most athletes don't have the best diet that young because you're eating off a tour off the, the bus so whatever you stop is what you eat a lot of times that was fast food you know um and so i didn't really have a good concept of diet and nutrition you know, I didn't eat red meat and that's all, that was my only rule. No red meat. And so, um, when I came into age, you know, understanding processed food and all this stuff, I didn't understand it. My mom never cooked, never had snacks or processed food in her house. She always cooked, but I don't think I really understood how much of a different quality of nutrition I had as a result of that until I was responsible for it on my own. And so, you know, when the weight gate came, when I started working my nine to five, I was incredibly like, oh, hell no, what the fuck? Uh-uh, no. So, you know, I'm trying to find different ways to work out, but I'm also struggling to pay my bills because I'm just out of college and like 23 years old trying to figure out life. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. And so once I finally did land my first stable job, I got into a fitness competition program, what have you, where basically you pay a ton of money to go to class, to work out with these personal trainers every day. And it's a group fitness class. And if you lose the designated weight in an incredibly short, unhealthy time, you earn your money back. And Ooh. I had started in the gym by myself because I knew my way around the gym, but I wasn't seeing the results quick enough. So I put myself into this program. And I stayed in these programs months after months after months. I continue to eat less than 1,200 calories. I continue to, you know, um, work out these intense hit classes. I eventually had like CrossFit because they changed the trainers all the time. The trainers came up with the programs. So there wasn't like a formal structure to it. So some would be heavy on CrossFit. Some would be heavy on strength training. Some would be heavy on cardio. And we had everything from a bodybuilder to a model to an ex-stripper, you know, you name it. And I love the ex-stripper. That girl had the best playlist. But (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And um, so, you know, we would try everything, you know, um, and it can like while it was great, I was seeing the results. I was weight hella fast. You know, all these things, I started to do the little modeling stuff on the side. I had the most confidence because my body was doing what, it, what I wanted to do. 
the diet that got me there was incredibly unhealthy. Mm. And the diet, the nutrition aspect of it, what I understood to be clean eating to get to that point was so bad for my health. And the thing is, a lot of these strength training studies and understandings are most of the time based off men, especially at that time. I'm talking about 2010-ish times, okay? So women aren't popularly in the gym and strength training at that time. It just came about in the last 10 years. So a lot of the suggestions of what it takes to lose weight and to build muscle doesn't take into account a woman's body. Mm. So after I want to say two years of doing it and struggling to maintain, cause I kept hitting plateaus. I stopped doing it cause I was losing money at some point. I wasn't getting it back anymore. Mm. Um, but also the, the more weight you lose the heart, you know, it's going to slow down at some mm-hmm. point. You know, that's how that works. Yeah. Um, and so I'm thinking I'm doing terribly, doing poorly. So I'm leaving upset, emotional. Like I need to figure this out. Work is demanding. I'm also promoting into the corporate ladder world. So it's requiring more hours on that side. So, so many things were happening and I was punishing my body the entire fucking way. And sure thing, looking now into my thirties, I think that was the start of a much bigger problem that was hormonal related because of the nutrition that I had at that point in time. And it's just, it's been a road ever since, which I'll get into later, but like things like that, you don't really understand the concept of. So going into my thirties now and seeing some of the, the leftovers of what I put my body through seeing now, you know, the type of pressure that I put my body through and how it's impacted me, you know, um, from a physical to a mental to everything standpoint, like my trainers this year have been very animate. That's why I love my trainer that I've worked with. She has been very animate. Like there are moments where I'm in the gym frustrated that something's not working, especially in the very beginning. And she would be like, uh, uh-uh, don't talk to your body like that. You know, where mm. I w- I'm like, damn it, this freaking body. I'm just trying, <sighs> it won't do this or uh, it won't lose this or uh, it won't do that. Complain. And she said, oh, don't talk to your body like that. Uh-uh. No, no, no. And like, it's, it, it checks me every single time, you know, and I actually hurt myself in that program I was just talking about earlier on. And I had back pain for years to the point where like, I couldn't walk longer than five minutes. I couldn't just clean in my kitchen. I would drag a bar stool around and have to wash my dishes sitting down like doing regular house chores, I had to strategize because my back pain was that severe. And my anxiety would kick in whenever I realized I had to walk too long. Now I'm sweating, hot and in pain. It was just, it was always awful, especially in Arizona. Always terrible. And I could not, I was miserable. Things like regular family outings, regular just standing occurrences would start to impact my back. And my family started to adjust to it. Hey, Patricia, you need somewhere to sit. You need a chair. You need this. You need that. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I go from this lifting baddie to these, like, my family offering me a chair everywhere next to my grandma, who's in her 80s. Like, she needs a chair. She wants to sit down. Like, let's cater to her. I should be offering her a chair. 
they're trying to make sure there's two, one for me next to her. I'm only in my late 20s, 30s. Like, that was awful. So this past year, like, you know, getting to a point of, like, understanding the state of where I was at and not letting that deter me, the pain of it deter me, and pushing myself further anyway and continuing to stay optimistic anyway and not letting the visuals or of what I want to see and what I don't see or letting the capabilities of what I want to be able to do and what I can't do hold me back has been a real, like, you want to talk about acceptance? <laughs> like, there was definitely a lot of come to Jesus moments, like moments where I really broke down in the gym and cried trying to push myself and being frustrated with myself. And it's so funny, like now, because I've been lifting for a year now, my my trainer, our last time together was in November. She was like, Patrice, do you realize once upon a time, me asking you to do that, you would have like hesitated and been so worried about your back. And like, that's the confidence that has came for me with, you know, trusting my body to go and do what it needs to do to protect itself and still be able to do things again. Like it just comes such a long way. So like when you speak to that, it just, but yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to say a long time ago, one of the hardest jobs in the world is to be a body because oh, you keep people you alive. You give so much. And when I tell you, we some of the rudest assholes to bodies in the world. You understand? Like <laughs> you're not tight enough. The abs ain't whatever you got. I don't like the rows, the whatever, whatever mm-hmm. the stretch marks ain't stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like this body mm-hmm. didn't carry you for however many years you've been alive. This body been holding you down for your <laughs> whole life. You know what I'm saying? Keeping you alive. You know what I mean? Giving you your blood supply, doing everything that you need. You know what I'm saying? Your blood supply, you know? <laughs> Uh, I haven't done it in a while, but I used to practice body gratitude. Mm. Um, and I would focus on a certain, you know, group of organs or, or body, you know, group of body parts to show gratitude to. Um, and I think that's a good thing to do because we're so hard on bodies and like they keep us mm-hmm. alive like yeah that's fine you want to look sexy and feel good and like I'm not minimizing that because I think that's an important part of our relationship with our body but all in all it's keeping you alive and functioning right mm-hmm. and even some of the things even health things that come up sometimes they come up because your body has tried to save you Right. And their Mm -hmm. way of your body's way of saving you is because this health problem has come up. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So. It's tough. This is the toughest job in the world (laughs) to be a body like, dang, (laughs) like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Uh, It's tough out here. Um, But anyway, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Yeah, I haven't been the nicest verbally to my body. Mm -hmm. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're younger, maybe when we're not young. You know, uh, we drinking a lot. We ain't, you know, we ain't going to bed on time. We ain't got no skincare routine. We don't, you know, we're not, we're not drinking enough water. You out here not drinking no water at all. I mean, I don't know, you know, um, sometimes we're just, we treat it badly and then we're mad when it doesn't look or do or behave the way we want it to. So it's Mm -hmm. our relationship with our body as human beings to me is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, next question, how has your relationship with your body changed over the years? Man, um, 
going from like being able to see yourself be the strong person and then struggling with weight, struggling with being able to stand for extended periods of time and then back to being the strong girl, but also still not 100%, but almost there and keep pushing, you know, um, there's so much I just didn't know about my body, you know, um, but things like body recomposition, when your body gains muscle, but loses fat at the same time. So the scale don't move. Nobody talks to you about that. You know what I'm saying? That's something that I never even knew was a thing and how long that state can last. You know, when it comes to our bodies, our bodies are very different. Everybody is different. And oftentimes we apply a one size fits all across the board. Um, something else that I didn't mention was like through that program because of the nutrition that I had. Um, and I think I may have talked about this on a vegan, a vegetarian and a meat eater. Mm. I think I may have talked about this on that episode. I don't remember. Um, but because I was putting my body through so much in those couple of, um, you know, months or maybe even a year, I can't remember how long exactly I was in the program. Um, my cycle stopped for two years. Oh, vaguely. I do remember you talking about that on a previous episode, but I don't remember which one. Um, go ahead. Vaguely, I remember you talking about that on a previous episode, but I don't remember which one. Okay. I, I think it was that one. It might have been. I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, it stopped for like two years. And so I'm thinking like, what's going on? So doctors are like, I met with a doctor for like five minutes and she wanted to put me on uh, menopausal, premenopausal medication to reset everything, which scared the shit out of me. At this time, I also, um, guess because I talked about Tabitha Brown. At this time, I learned Tabitha mm. Brown's story. And so I went vegan. And in 90 days, I got my cycle back. At the time, and I think even during prior episodes, I talked about how, um, you know, being vegan helped clear up a lot of symptoms that I didn't realize I was experiencing um, and offered so much clarity, the plant-based diet, and also my relationship with food as well. You know, having a more holistic approach to food, there were so many things I just didn't know about food, different ways to, I mean, I make most of my dressings and sauces now. Like, you know, things like that, that I just on instinct, just do versus buying it out of the store processed. That alone, you know, is another level of um, consumption that's a lot healthier versus buying a processed ranch bottle or what have you. You know what I'm saying? By the way, I still use your father's ranch to this day. Um, <laughs> I love his ranch recipe. It's so yes, he does. Have a, he's quite a good cook, but yeah, he does have a good ranch recipe. He does, girl. He does. So good. I could not master that ranch dressing for the longest until your father and I extending another thank you so sir if you're listening thank you um mm-hmm. so, um so little things like that you know really expanded my horizon um when it came to me getting to a point at the top of this year where I was like all right I'm ready to get back into the gym me and my trainer I was still plant-based up until this past summer and um really just came down to protein, you know, um, and not to say that you cannot achieve protein goals while being vegan. You absolutely can. For the lifestyle I have, I was struggling to make time for it. So I needed it to be a lot more easier. So 
today it's easier for me to grab a Greek yogurt versus mixing up a chickpea on tuna salad. That's just, mm. it's, it's simpler to hit my goals that way. So it's more about um, accessibility, but I still have, everything else is still plant-based. So like the only real changes I've made is that I've included shrimp, salmon, and Greek yogurt and eggs to my day-to-day. Those are the mm-hmm. only non-vegan items. Everything else is still very much plant-based. So I guess you can call me like a plant-based pescatarian now, whatever. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I've always said, you know, it's about fitting your lifestyle more than anything and what works for you and your body more than anything. Your nutrition always comes first. Um, and being intentional about what goes in your body, you know, after starting to lift and talking to someone else who had gone through it, my trainer actually had gone through what I'd gone through with my cycle and her weight had dropped significantly instead. And so opposite direction of mine shot up, hers went down, her cycle was impacted, you know, And so talking to somebody else in the fitness world about how your calorie deficit for way too long of a time can impact your hormones and while strenuously training like that, what it can do to our bodies made everything make sense. Everything made sense. And so I realized what I was going through with the cycle being held up and even I would even say the insomnia, everything was probably had a lot more to do with my lack of nutrition while going mm. through those programs versus, you know, necessarily the meat. Not to say the meat was perfect because, you know, hormones are still in the meat and all those things still do exist. But I think what I was dealing more was a nutritional deficit. You know, I, I was not, I was eating 1200 calories a day while mm. trying to obtain those goals. That's not even enough for a freaking teenager. Or a, mm. or a teen or a preteen child, you know, um, and I'm a whole ass twenty some year old <laughs> trying, to, and a thick ass twenty some year old mm. trying to lose some mm. weight and throw weights around, you know. Um, and so uh, I will say, being vegan taught me to listen to my body a lot better, and um, I, I've I've learned that how sensitive it is. This is kind of where, where I was saying in the beginning, it, you know, understanding that you can, you can listen to your body whenever something's not right. You know what I'm mm. saying? And it's important to honor that feeling and whatever that is and give it the sound, give it the attention and the acknowledgement that it needs. There's no need to tough it up, tough it out and act like things don't exist. You know, that's not a thing. That's not an okay thing. (laughs) Um, That's not how you should approach your life, your vessel, your temple, and your only automobile you're going to get in this life. Um, So my relationship has really evolved quite a bit over time. And, you know, coming back to the cycle stopping and then coming to it now, I'm still dealing with trying to manage my hormones and understanding like the changes that can take place. You know, I didn't, I only just recently learned what PMDD was and understanding the mood swings and um, how it's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And basically it happens uh, around just after the ovulation phase, but before your actual period starts where mood swings, night sweats, um, depression, you know, all of these irregular premenstrual symptoms take place. They're a lot more extreme. They say 30% of women who have PMDD attempt suicide. 
and they say one in six women have PMDD and don't know it. Like, so many of us chop it up to, oh, they're just on their period. Oh, they're about mm. to start their period. Mm-hmm. And just kind of use that as a blanket versus actually dealing over what's going on. And this is like some real shit. Like, when I saw that statistic, it really broke my heart. Like, I couldn't believe that. And so, um, yeah, my relationship has changed over time. I'm doing much better about it. I'm trying to I'm trying to get to a point with my body to where I can even cherish it while it's on its cycle. Because, mm. you know, that's some biggest time where we like to just talk our shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we like to talk our shit. I want to get to a point where I'm like, oh, somebody's ready to try to make a baby. Not now. You know yeah. <laughs> so Cater her as to that extent and nurture her to that extent. So that way, like my relationship and my understanding of how she functions isn't problematic or an inconvenience, but it's in something more beautiful. So I handle it and understand it a lot better and have a much better mental relationship with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, all of that does make sense. Um, You know, the answer is so deep. Okay, um, how has your relationship with your body changed over the years? Um, It's changed quite it's had its ups and downs is my answer for me. Um, from, I think it's not really something I thought about younger me just, I think ignoring would probably be a good word to say, just really thought nothing of it, uh, needed to think nothing of it. It -hmm. was what it was. It is what it is. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. um, of course aspects that you don't like, um, especially being, you know, like a teenager and things like that. And, you know, not liking, the size I was and my weight, <laughs> smallest I've been in a very long time, by the way, but you don't know that then, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. And all of, mm-hmm. all of the things. Um, I think today a lot more consciousness goes into this. And I talked about this in the last episode, redirecting and surrendering was our <laughs> reflections, uh, which oftentimes <laughs> we refer to as our time of transition. episode. I explained why we gave it that name. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it, but, um, I kind of talked about my journey there. So um, I have struggled with fatigue for several years um, and originally thought that that was related to quite large fibroids. Um, And so anyway, in that episode, I explained, but I'll I'll kind of revisit um, probably like late summer of 2020. um, They found fibroids that were so large they needed to be to get surgery. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of surgeries were, um, you know, pushed back because of everything that was happening. My mother passed away in January, 2021. And I spent several months in Cleveland because at the time I was living in Arizona, they called me like, Hey, what's up? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm in another state right now. Um, and then we ended up moving. Um, so then that once I moved to Ohio, the process needed to start all over again, because for one, I mean, all the imaging and testing and things like that was a year old. And then now you got a new doctor, new insurance, all the things. So anyway, I had my surgery, which ended up being a hysterectomy because that was the best choice for me. I'm not here to pressure any woman to get a hysterectomy, um, if she doesn't want to. And, um, there are a lot of options that are available for fibroids of the size that I had, Um, But for me, at the age that I was, um, other family history and the fact that I've I've never wanted children, 
um, a hysterectomy was best for me. So anyway, that's what I decided. And I had that surgery October of 2022. So it took me two years um, to get the surgery. And all in that time, I struggled with a variety of symptoms. And I just feel like the things that people don't talk often enough about when it comes to severe fibroids, because there's levels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would be uh, the fatigue because you're very anemic, because you're bleeding very heavily. Um, but with that comes anxiety that I don't, period anxiety is real, right? Because there are, there were certain days of my period, I really shouldn't have been leaving the house. And I didn't leave the house because of how often I would need to go to the bathroom in order to change out everything. Um, travel, extreme anxiety, right? Because you think about travel, you get on the plane. I don't even like using the restroom on the plane, but anyway, you get on the plane, right? You're on the plane for, I don't know, however long it is. Um, and it's not always convenient. If, if you, if you mess up your clothing or anything like that, you don't really have a way to easily change, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I can remember traveling. I did a lot more road trips because we really, me and my family were not flying during, cause we're talking about COVID, right? right? 2020, Mm -hmm. 2021. We really weren't flying, but we were doing a lot of driving across the country. Um, and I would have events and things like that. I would have to go to for my, um, for my certification. And I would have to think very critically about my outfits and how I was going to like have an arsenal of all the things that I needed and how often I would be able to have access to a restroom and how I was going to dispose of the thing. Like it, it, the, the thought process that went into me having my period and knowing how heavy it was going to be, it was to the point where I need to use the restroom pretty much every hour. And I just don't think people talk about things like that, right? Like you're, you're exhausted. First off, you can be exhausted on your period or off your period. It doesn't really matter. Um, I had to take iron pills more than one because one wasn't going to cut it. Um, I had gotten to the point where my um, nails, toes mostly, but also fingernails were unpainfully. So it was not it was not painful. They were separating from their nail beds, which can sometimes happen when you have an iron deficiency. Um, and although I do not regret my decision at all in shaving off my hair, a good portion of the motivation behind me cutting off my hair was because my locks were breaking off. Now I had a lot of hair, so mm-hmm. no one else knew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No one else could yeah. tell. Everybody else was like, what? I'm so surprised because you got a head full of hair. Right. But for me, I knew they were breaking off. I knew they were not as healthy as they used to be. A lot of my parts um, had come undone, which if you have locks, then you know that having your parts correctly is a big thing. Um, and so there was just a, the the actual surgery or the actual fibroid itself was less of an issue than all the things that came with it. And so it's been quite a journey. And, and when I had the hysterectomy, partial hysterectomy in October of 2022, I thought the magic, I just thought like magic was gonna happen. All the symptoms was gonna go away. And a lot of the symptoms went away, but the fatigue lingered. And you know how you get to a point with your help where you really got to listen to your body, right? And like, they're like, you know, this was a major surgery. Give your body time. Um, You know, unfortunately, the fibroids stayed longer and grew larger than they needed to because of the timing and the moving and the, you know what I mean? So like, give it time. And um, 
at some at many several points in this journey, I took my health into my own hands because I had to. So a lot of naturopathic things were considered. I tried several things, changed up my diet and did did a variety of things because I was waiting, you know what I mean, for the new doctor in Ohio and switching over, you know, from Arizona and doing all of these things. And um I've just really had to listen to my body in a way that we that we is just un not familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And I've had to accept that there are some things that I cannot physically do or that I can't physically do the same way that I used to. Like sometimes I can't do it, but I need preparation. Like I take my maca root powder and like I have, you know what I mean? Like don't go asking me to do something physically strenuous at the last minute. That's just not going to work, you know? And then there was frustrations with my family because I, I couldn't do a multiple things in the same day. You know what I mean? Like they'd be like, oh, let's go here. Oh, let's go there. And then like, also when we get back home, like ah, we're going to pick one of them things we're going to do. Okay. And then I need to go lay down. Um, and then also tomorrow is a no, right? Because I, a lot of times I needed, needed a day of rest. Um, it's come a long way. You know, um, there's a lot of vitamins and things like that, that I take. And like I said, my maca root. And so I've come a really long way. My, my energy isn't what I would consider to be normal yet. Um, but great strides and progress have been made, um, because of my research and because, um, I have a friend of mine who's a naturopathic doctor, not in my state. Um, you know, and I've asked her and she's assisted me. So, you know, it's a journey, but it is, it has been just that. So my relationship with my body has kind of become this thing that I've had to accept you know, that it just is what it is. And and maybe me five years ago would have been able to take on all of the additional projects and did all of the things and signed up for the additional program and signed up for the, you know, cause I'm, I'm good at signing up for something. Um, and I had to turn down some opportunities. I had to say, no, I had to like, I want to do the opportunity. And then I started to do it and respectfully bow out, you know, because I could just, I'm, I have this perception now where I look down the road and be like, do I really think that I can do that energetically? And, and I don't want to, I don't want to deplete me. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you can. Yes. Energetically, you can do that thing. But then once you finish, you are done for several mm-hmm. months, you know what I mean? And I don't want that to be the case. So, um, I'm learning to rest. Um, I'm learning to take it easy. I'm learning to say no. I'm learning to be okay passing up what we perceive to be opportunities because if it's meant for me and it's mine, it can't miss me. Um, and I've had to be all right with that. And that's, that's where my relationship is. I think from a physical aspect, I talked earlier about acceptance. Um, I will say, For me, I feel more comfortable in my skin today than ever before. You know, part of that, I think, is me just getting older. And that just happens to be where I'm at on my journey. But I think another part of that for me is um, shaving off all my hair. I've talked before about how I do butt naked yoga. Like, that's that's a thing that I've done. Um, I did it before and after shaving my hair. But now, I think for me, uh, it's just acceptance of my body in this really natural and raw state that's hard to explain. And there's love there in a way that I, I have, I wasn't a person who 
necessarily talked down on my body overtly, but I ignored it. And I have a tendency to do that sometimes because I talked in the last episode about how I'm very goal oriented and how um, I have obsessive compulsive personality. And one of the things I'm obsessed with is goals. And one thing that I've learned about me is that if something doesn't fit into the category of goal, I can ignore it. And so mm-hmm. although there are plenty of women who can and do, and I'm not judging you for using your body to reach your goals, I'm not one of them, right? And so since my body has never played a factor in getting to where I want to go or doing the things that I want to do, my body has just never played a role. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much that I was talking down on it as it was so much that I was just ignoring like, it. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. I've also, which is a journey, a, a conversation for another day, I've also done the same thing with my beauty. Uh, so that's something else to unpack uh, one day. But because I ignored it, me having this newfound love for, for it comes with a sense of awareness around my body in this way that just simply did not exist before. I think I worked on it some in the past few years with this experience and, you know, this experience where I'm waiting for, you know, surgery and all of that. But I think it, I've really honed in on it since taking off the hair. And it's just like, it's nothing to hide behind. I had enough hair to hide behind, you know what I mean? Uh, but it's nothing to hide behind. And it's just me and it's raw and it's Shayla and it's all of me. And, and there's a there's a natural relationship and beauty and bond that comes with my experience now that I've made that transition. Mm-hmm. So I hope all that made sense. Yes, love that. So, and you know what's interesting is I, sometimes I feel like these these journeys take it's kind of going back to what I said on the last episode like it's like the journeys that it takes to get through certain places you didn't know you needed that you didn't know you needed that perspective or that insight you know um I will say so last episode we talked about redirecting surrendering in our reflections um episode and I said that title completely backwards. It's called Reflections, Redirecting, and Surrendering. <laughs> Redirecting and surrendering. <laughs> I don't know why I said yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, so last episode, I talked about how, like, you know, focusing on the goal and not being swayed by the how, right? I think that this year I've also gone through that in a really heavily way because you know, I'm focused on getting my body in a great position in that not so much physically, but more so what I can do with it. Like I miss, you know, being able to clean my whole house in one day and no back pain. Beautiful. I've been Mm. able to do that, you know, for like the last four months. And that was huge, you know? Um, and, but, but did I get, am I getting what I originally went to the gym for? No, I didn't think about that. You know, I went to the gym because I wanted to run a mile under eight minutes. Mm. I went to the gym because I wanted to be able to do pull-ups. I went, you know, there were things, milestones I had in mind. And to eliminate back pain, I had no idea what my body needed to get through first to even have that conversation. You know, everything from dealing with the back pain first, which took the first, like, what, four months dealing with the confidence that I had lost in the gym, dealing with the hormonal changes while still trying to lift. You know, every time my cycle came, every time my ovulation period came, I was tired. I was fatigued. 
you know, I wasn't feeling it and then still pushing myself. So I'm not sitting out two weeks of every month, you know, um, then also, but there's still a level of rest, understanding what rest means when you're pushing your body that hard four to five days a week. Um, then also trying to move across the country, then also dealing with the family, then dealing with your own emotions. Like all of those things can impact your body in so many different ways. And it was nothing I factored in to the journey of relocation, let alone, you know, losing weight and getting back healthy and on track with my body. None of it. None of these wins did I actually foresee, but yet they were still wins. Um, and it's it's kind of the it's the beauty of not focusing on the how because then you get surprises like that. But it's also like the the part where you also have to be comfortable with the um, the end result, not necessarily looking how you thought it would, because. Mm. By the end of this year, I imagined it totally different. My first year in the gym, I expected X, Y, and Z. That's not what I got. I got A, B, and C. (laughs) Does that mean A, B, and C don't matter? No, it just means that that's what I got. That doesn't mean X, Y, and Z won't come. That doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? It just means my, it's like my body had to go through a phase of getting ready to get ready for what Mm. I wanted. And there was a lot of mental work that needed to be done, honestly, to get me to get me that still is I'm working on to get me to that point. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's so much information out there in the world, especially when it comes to fitness, that's incredibly toxic to the journey that can cause some of this harm that can cause all types of issues, even with, um, you know, feminine health, you know, um, I've seen some practices that can, that are belief systems that aren't necessarily healthy either. You know, um, this, like the notion that we're supposed to bleed heavy or we're supposed to do with this or our bot or, Oh, that's just because you're PMS and you're in a bad mood. It'll be over in a couple of days. I feel like sometimes the notion that it'll be over in a couple of days or whenever it does, because some of us, you know, that deal with fibroids, it's not just a couple of days. You're talking about weeks at some point. You know, that notion, that's dangerous. You know what I'm saying? You could find yourself in a really dangerous situation because you let something go under the notion of this blanket. Oh, that's just how our bodies are. I think we need to be more delicate about them. You know what I'm saying? And listen to our bodies and respect. You know what? My body needs a little more time at this stage. You know, whether that's more rest, whether that's more time to develop, to gain confidence, to you know, um, heal, you know, I also end up hurting my knee (laughs) during this time, you know, um, and I end up having to go to physical therapy for like three months while I'm trying to accomplish all this and move, you know, myself. And once upon a time that would have set me back and I would have stayed home, but I couldn't let that happen. This go around, I had to understand what does it mean to keep my lifestyle and heal at the same time? You know, and because I had gone through this with my back, I had a lot more confidence that I wasn't going to stop going because of my knee, you know. Um, But it's, there's just a lot, uh, a lot to this experience that I don't think we will ever foresee. And I think for me, like once I got here and then I started dealing with my, I started really under, like now that everything's said and done, 
looking around and being like, wait, why am I upset today? Why am, what was that mood swing? Or what was that? Why am I crying? You know, and things like that, that would start to happen that made me like, wait a minute, I'm happy. I know I'm fucking happy. I just worked really hard to get this, but I'm very, very happy, you know? And now I feel crazy because I'm like, I don't need to convince myself. Like, I am genuinely happy. What is going on? And sure thing, it's happening at the same time every month. And the night sweats are happening and it's 30 degrees in this wintertime in North Carolina. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I learned about this thing called PMDD. So I'm still understanding it. I am not diagnosed yet. But um, I feel like me just learning about it has eliminated a, a lot of anxiety out of it. Um, I'm, you know, I'm currently literally waiting on my panels, my blood, everything to eliminate other stuff. But like, you have to give your body the time it needs. I think it's the same thing with grief. I think it's the same thing with our menstrual health, our mental health, our emotional health. You know, I know the doctor will say this is how much time it takes to heal from X, Y, and Z, but girl, they lying. Girl, <laughs> you can double that. You can, girl, yeah. you can double that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, six weeks and you'll be back on your feet. You'll be fine. No, just because I can walk don't mean I should. Just because, yeah. you know, I can get up and run errands don't mean I should or that I'm be able to do it for a very long time at the same rate that I used to be able to do it. Like that's, I, and that's how you know this is a world of medicine that was not necessarily considering all levels of the perspective of the actual person going through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is coming from an objective standpoint, if you know what I mean. It's it's written by a man, is what I'm trying to say. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, I just think there's a lot for us to learn about our bodies, but I think takeaway wise, I want us to give our bodies grace. And I want us to give us grace around our body, right? Because sometimes we wanted to do this and we wanted to do that. Um, Also, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, bodies age and there Mm -hmm. are things that comes with aging. But a lot of times I think, you know, manifesting is real. At least I believe so. Mm -hmm. I believe you can attract things. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to watch your verbiage around the things that you say, right? Because sometimes we say things like, I can't do that no more. You know, I'm not young. I can't do that no more. That's Mm -hmm. not true. You, You can do it. You may need preparation before and after. You may need to do it more slowly than you did it before, but you can do it, right? And so- um, I think, you know, we should be careful because I see a lot of stuff about, oh, now that I'm in my thirties and the knee and the, you know, in the back and the mm-hmm. thing, and you know, and the thing, and it's like, are you attracting that? Do you have that in your mind that once your birthday hit that all of a sudden now all of these things are going to happen? That's not saying they can't happen. That's not saying they can't happen or won't mm-hmm. or won't happen. But that's saying that like, are, is there a part of you that didn't even give your body a chance to see how it would do? And then also like you, you got to take care of it, right? Like, are you stretching? Like, yeah, your back mm-hmm. could have went out, but like, how often do you stretch? Right. Like, like, yeah, yeah the thing could have been tighter or whatever, you know, could have cracked, you know what I mean? But like, are you drinking your water? You know, are you taking your fish mm-hmm. oil? You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, 
those things don't have to be something that stop you. They don't have to be, you know, I, I see the memes. Okay. We have a good laugh, but like our, if those beliefs are deeply rooted, sometimes I feel like we don't even give our bodies a chance to see how they're going to do or behave or act. We're just going to assume that they're a certain age. So then this is how it's going to be. Um, so anyway, that's just my take. Don't get mad at me. You know, you're mad at me because I'm 34 <laughs> and you, you know, you know better. Okay. That's fine. Uh, but I'm just saying like, you know, the maintenance, you might have to do a little more mm-hmm. maintenance to get the same result, but I believe you can get the same result. It's within your means to get the same result. You got to stretch, you got to take your water, you got to take your vitamins, yep. you know, you need it. You need a warm up in the morning, but it can get done. Yep. Yep. I, I won't even like or share those memes no more because they feel like manifestation. That's how right. That's like, yeah, I'm, I feel like we're like, attracting no, scroll. <laughs> not, not, I, not I. Nope. My body, she on her own clock. I'm not about to add yeah. that. Yeah. It's very powerful. It is the engine to your vehicle. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If your engine go out, if your engine start to tweak, cough, <laughs> it's, the whole car going to start running funny. So, you know, you, it, you have to be careful with these belief systems that we hear. I think especially as black people, we come from a very hard working labor, intense, hardworking community. And I think oftentimes, you know, in the name of I'm too tired or in the name of I can't do that no more, you know, because we didn't see our elders do it because mm-hmm. of the life that they lived and the, the bodies that were worn at X age because of the life that they had to live to make a means we by default apply that same standard to us by age when the, our environment's not the same. Our world is not the same. You know, we have a digital world today. You know, a lot of us make money working from home or digitally working at a desk or, you know, we do this all through a computer. You know what I'm saying? We're not loading trucks, not all of us. You know, there are a few of us that are, but even then those environments are a lot more safer than what they were before. You know, there's protocols and systems in place to make sure we are protecting our bodies in these labor-intensive areas. At least they should have, and we will have another discussion another day about those that are not. Um, but, you know, it's it's important to, to honor that. You know what I'm saying? Personally, I love lifting weights. I lift weights about an hour, and I, I enjoy it. The, the, that is my moment to celebrate my body. Because there was once upon a time when I couldn't clean my kitchen when I was sitting down. So I enjoy that moment, seeing myself lift 315 pounds or seeing myself be able to hit that weight. You know, that is a very, very rewarding moment for me. And it's just, it's so intimate at that too. Mm. And for me, it's a confidence booster. Just so much for me on inside and outside of the gym. But baby, I can't lift shit if I ain't stretched, walked, <laughs> the warm up. Like if I have not been active all weekend, I'm not going to Monday and hitting that shit hard, honey. I'm about to walk for a minute, stretch, you know what I'm saying? And like really warm my body up, do some motion movements just to get my joints warmed up because you have to do that. And honestly, if you think about it, even when you was a kid in recess, y'all stretched, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. that was a normal thing to do. I can't remember a single team I played on and I've been playing on teams since I was, gosh, I think 10 years old. And we've always had a stretch, a warm up, a cool down, all that. So um, the notion that because you're an adult and you don't have time to do it is insane because your body was actually a lot more flexible when you were younger. Why would you think you need to not care for it? even more as you get continue to get older so you can keep doing the things you were doing when you were younger 
Um, yeah, a lot of times so, I feel like our comparison to our younger body is unfair, right? Like this this body has been through things, seen things, and experienced things, and quite frankly, just been around longer than the previous body. And I don't think that needs to be a negative. Like yeah. you know what I mean? You 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 know, um, and and then that's a whole another story about having a baby. Um, but you your body being a different version of it is today. Like that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just, I encourage, I would love for us to practice some body gratitude. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you can be grateful, if you can't be grateful to your body for the things that you really don't like about it, then find something you can be grateful for, you know, your brain or, you know, your heart Movement. or your lungs or just, yeah. just being able to get up and walk around because there's some people mm-hmm. that can't or just see, thank your eyes, right? Like, you know, they may need some glasses or some contacts, but they got you, right? You know, um, so anyway, that's our takeaways. Um, Patrice, did you have anything you want to add before we head out? Um, man, I could almost do part two of this one, child. This one, honestly, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so deep. There's so much to talk about, and I think because we haven't really breached the conversation previously, like a lot of the things we shared is your first time hearing this right Mm -hmm. even though even if you've listened to us for several seasons so i think because of that there's kind of a lot for us to say and unpack because we haven't been keeping you up to date with our relationship with our body or with our health journeys because as you just heard both of us have been our own health journey so um yeah i think that's why it feels so like compact like dang there's so much to talk about you know what i mean because we haven't previously (laughs) talked about it but um you know yeah so that's that um bye we will you will hear us i should say next time and thanks for listening Take care.